You're listening to the Editor's Pick Podcast. I'm Darcy Gallagher, your host and editor-in-chief of The Buzz Magazine. Big thanks to Michael Petras from Strobe Lake Casualties for our opening sound. For more of their music, visit the link in our show notes or go to www.strobelightcasualties.com. Alexandra, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you. And you are coming in from London here. So you are currently on Zoom, but I would love for you to introduce yourself to our audience so they can get to know you a little bit. (laughs) Okay. Hello. Hi, I'm Alex. I'm the wellness section editor here at The Buzz. And I am Yes, I'm here in London. I'm worldwide. I'm a jet setter. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I've been at The Buzz for about a year and a half. And I'm a junior and a journalism major. And that's, I guess, the major stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And what are you studying in London right now? So I am doing the journalism internship program, but I'm also finishing up my English minor. So I'm doing, I read like a book or two books per week. Sometimes the books are like 600 pages and I'm a full-time working girl. So lots of reading, lots of writing. Um, Yeah, just journalism basically. That's awesome. Let's talk about your article for this week. I, I titled it Gwyneth Paltrow's Bone Broth. <laughs> and right. then um a little title afterwards it was when wellness sort of masks or hides disordered eating because I yeah. think that well let's just get into it let's yeah. get into the whole okay. thing okay. let's definitely mm-hmm. talk in depth about your article here so Gwyneth for anyone who doesn't know um Gwyneth Paltrow started her own <laughs> wellness what would you even call it empire called goop Um, It's basically just a wellness company that comes out with all of these insane products. I know you mentioned the orgasm scented candle and jade egg, which like goes inside (laughs) a woman's private area. I don't even know what it does. I don't think Gwyneth Paltrow knows what it does, to be honest. I know. I I think that suits about it. Yeah, no most of the goop products like I actually I feel like they all just sit in a room and do like some sort of drug I don't know what type of drug and they just come up with the weirdest possible products like actually imaginable because and I also think that it's a hundred thousand percent all a scam like I think it's just like a house of cards a sham and they're all just sitting in their little Californian like boardroom and laughing at all of us being like I can't believe they're falling for it walk us through what you wrote about in your article okay so for anybody who didn't see it there was this viral TikTok of Gwyneth Paltrow last week and she went on her doctor's podcast and even just the way she was sitting on the podcast she was hooked up to an IV a vitamin IV the whole time she's sitting she's just sitting there and he asks her her um wellness routine and this woman she 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 says her wellness routine from beginning of the day to the end of the day and it's basically just what she eats and I'll just give you the quick little list so Miss Gwyneth Paltrow wakes up in the morning first thing she does she doesn't eat breakfast what does she do she has a cup of coffee okay that's fairly normal then time passes by and for lunch you think she's gonna eat 
I don't know, solid digestible food, but she drinks bone broth. I don't even know what bone broth is, but that's okay. After that, so keep in mind at this point, she has no solid foods in her system, only coffee, which is an appetite suppressant and bone broth, which is flavorless soup. And then she exercises for about an hour, or she said she moves her body for about an hour, and then she gets in an infrared sauna. And then she ends her day with a dinner that is a paleolithic dinner. And I didn't know what that was, so I looked it up, and it really is just what they ate, like what Neanderthals ate during the paleolithic time. Um, So it's like, just vegetables and I don't know like raw meats maybe so that was her whole wellness routine and why it got so viral is people are basically saying that it sounds like she has very very disordered eating or that she's starving herself oh and she also in her routine said that she follows intermittent fasting which is very problematic um so yeah caught on like wildfire on tiktok and there are all these think pieces and jokes people are calling her the ultimate almond mom and that's basically what piqued my interest okay so i'm very very interested like gwyneth paltrow to me she's like i think in my article i call her like the patron saint of wellness or something like that because she to me is like the living embodiment of like the wellness industry and where the wellness industry starts to turn like a little dark-sided and that's why like when I became wellness section editor I was very excited because I do really love the actual like wellness aspect of it like eating healthy or exercising all that stuff that is very interesting to me but I am extremely fascinated on I mean like the darkness of the entire industry there's countless stories of I don't like people like Gwyneth Paltrow are like uh, moguls who are just enforcing like terrible terrible advice to young girls in the name of wellness and Gwyneth Paltrow is like the apex of that I think I definitely agree and especially with social media it gets even Mm -hmm. worse because they are so easily just like spreading this information that isn't even the actual, if you look at the actual scientific research, that is not at all what is considered Mm -hmm. healthy or what you should be doing to, I don't know, like nourish your body or, you know, Mm -hmm. be healthy in terms of Mm -hmm. healthy in the physical way. So it's like Mm -hmm. just so distorted it definitely takes a darker side when you are enforcing these habits of starvation and all of these other different diets Mm -hmm. that mask a severe caloric deficit and it's Mm -hmm. just so bad for young especially young women on social media to see that from a celebrity or an influencer and think that that's what they have to do as well so it's Mm -hmm. just oh bad it's so bad a hundred thousand percent and that to me honestly is one of if not the most fascinating things about wellness and goop and all that is how closely knit it is into just our cultural beauty standard I I really feel like there's 
it's like a lot of the times wellness or like Gwyneth Paltrow's wellness is just like really thinly veiled like propaganda almost for anti-aging or like diet culture any of those things plastic surgery all these different things it's just very very thinly veiled and to people who aren't acutely attuned to it which is maybe teenage girls or just teenagers in general who don't really have the knowledge or the maturity to understand what it really is they're taking advice at face value a lot of the time so if Gwyneth Paltrow gets on social media and says well I'm sitting here with my fancy celebrity doctor and he tells me to do millions of dollars too oh yeah no literally so they already they're sort of establishing through their wealth and their power and their money that there's some sort of authority on this so people are sitting down and listening to it listening to them as authority figures and they're saying oh you should be doing intermittent fasting which equals wellness well when it's like okay well you're basically just telling people to starve themselves that's what it is and you're putting a fancy medical term on it and you're getting on your the internet and telling girls oh go starve yourself and then you can be well like me and you could have this wellness empire just like me and that is so 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 dangerous even okay let's say it works for Gwyneth Paltrow I guarantee you it's not going to work for 99% of her listeners or her followers Right. That's just the even, truth of it. Right. And even in your article, I remember you called her gaunt as she was sitting there on like mm-hmm. IV and mm-hmm. she is quote unquote supposed to be the face of wellness and a hundred percent severely malnourished and unhealthy because uh, she's mm-hmm. not getting enough nutrients. It's interesting. I was actually talking to my parents about my article this morning, and I was telling them um, that I looked it up, and Gwyneth Paltrow is younger than both my parents, and yet my parents look probably 15 years younger than her or more. And I was like, I was also saying, it's not that I, because I, anti aging, that is just like a whole thing I don't even want to touch because I don't really agree with thinking like that. But when Gwyneth Paltrow stands as basically the head of an empire that is essentially preaching anti-aging all these products to do to keep yourself young and keep yourself beautiful and all, all these different things and then she's sitting there looking gaunt with literally hollowed out Bella Hadid no offense Bella Hadid she's beautiful but like like hollowed out cheekbones her skin is like gray I don't even like and I don't even want to make it about appearances but it's hard not to when somebody's sitting there and preaching at you all these things to do to your body and then you look at their body and you're thinking I don't want to look like that I don't want to look like I'm tired and so frail and hooked up to a vitamin IV just to go on a podcast that's not normal and it just makes me sad because I feel like her whole life and her whole career at this point is based around being well and I look at her and I'm like she looks like the most unwell person I've ever seen like it's it's it feels like it's backfiring and I feel like a lot of people in the industry they preach these things that end up backfiring and I feel like there needs to be more self-awareness 
within the whole community that I don't know maybe tying together wellness with beauty or with youth or any of these things is not a good idea right right and I feel like wellness should be centered around feeding yourself and giving your body Mm -hmm. nutrients and energy and Mm -hmm. protein and you know just actually taking care of yourself and it's just such a dangerous slope because for people that do Mm -hmm. struggle already with eating it's gets even Mm -hmm. harder to see you know all of these things surrounding wellness that Mm -hmm. are just basically reinforcing the things that they Mm -hmm. struggle with so it's like it's just it's a very it's an industry that already is has potential to be very dangerous and then Mm -hmm. gets to the point where it is because all of these people are preaching all of these different things without actually Mm -hmm. you know using research to back up their findings and Mm -hmm. it's like it's just so dangerous for people who like struggle with many of these different things and they don't really know where to turn because everywhere is telling them different information. And it's like, mm-hmm. you're trapped, you're just basically trapped in this like never ending cycle. Um, mm-hmm. and it's so bad. It's just so unhealthy. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that's one thing I talked about was um, intermittent fasting that Gwyneth Paltrow was talking about. It all it did, it took me two minutes to I I literally just Googled intermittent fasting and the first few articles were here's here's the research behind why intermittent fasting doesn't work by like reputed um one was like John Johns Hopkins and I was like, well, I'm gonna trust that over what Gwyneth Paltrow says in a 30 second TikTok clip. But mm-hmm. not everybody does that, which is not their fault because when somebody is talking to you um talk a doc on a doctor's podcast you're going to take it at face value and not really look into it further that's just like human nature but I also really like what you were saying about nourishing your body and that to me is what wellness is and that should be what the focus is in the industry but it's unfortunately the opposite Mm -hmm. and I don't know that's another thing it's I feel like for me, obviously, I'm the wellness section editor, so I'm very interested in wellness, and I love it, and I see so many positives in it, but sometimes when I see something like what Gwyneth Paltrow um, does, I have to distance myself a little bit, and I have to just sort of root myself in, well, what makes me happy, and to me, eating broth for lunch, I'm, that's not, that's going to make me miserable. I would prefer to eat a, like, literally anything solid (laughs) like or what my friend Mira calls certain foods like pasta or bread or carbs she calls them body beautiful foods and ever since I heard that I'm like that's exactly what I love is body beautiful (laughs) like that's what I love right and I was like that she's a genius for that but um I that's my my advice if somebody sees a video like Gwyneth Paltrow's wellness routine and they feel themselves sort of slipping into dangerous territory there's I don't know feel bad about themselves because of it because I know I did when I watched that I just either take a step back or I like to there's another article I wrote for the buzz about 
certain you like youtubers or just content creators that I like to watch to help myself feel better about beauty standards all that thing all those things so there's this one youtuber named Lori Hill who I love she does breakdowns of plastic surgery that plastic surgery that pe people like Gwyneth Paltrow essentially have gotten done or the things they've done to their body and she she claims she like breaks down that that fourth wall and she sort of just preaches that like everything you see in Hollywood that's not normal it's all just a lot of money a lot of time and effort that just the average person doesn't have and that's sort of like how I counteract the darkness that wellness can sometimes have is I just like have to remind myself that this is not normal and it's not okay it's not healthy and you sort of have to like snap your mind back into place tune out all the other stuff tune as crazy and as interesting as Gwyneth Paltrow is tune her out tune her out That's uh, it. you don't need her but also read my article read my article and then tune it out <laughs> first read her article and out it's all good well thank you so exactly. much for coming on the podcast I had so much fun thank talking. you so much for having me this was fun I could talk about Gwyneth Paltrow all day <laughs> Amanda, welcome to the Buzz Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm of very excited. Of course. We're so excited to have you. So you're a writer for our food section, correct? Yes. Food and culture. And culture. Yeah, I do right. Both. I remember you wrote for two. I just couldn't yeah. remember what the second one was. Yeah. <laughs> Would you want to tell us a little bit about yourself really quick? Yeah. So I'm a sophomore majoring in journalism. Um, I, yeah, I wrote for both sections and... I don't know. I have my own podcast. You I have do. your own podcast? Yeah, I do. What? <laughs> How did I not know that? Yep. It's uh, called Proceed with Caution. It's like a lifestyle kind of story time with me and my friend podcast. Wait, that's so fun. Yep, I want to listen. Exciting. Yeah. Um, we just started that this semester, actually. Yep. Okay, wait. I'm going to have to put that in the show notes. <laughs> so definitely tell us what it's called again and how to follow it. Proceed with Caution. Um, we have an Instagram PWC underscore podcast and it's on all platforms. Um, yeah, I, the link to the Spotify one is in the Instagram. Too. Okay, perfect. Yeah. I'll link that in <laughs> our you. show notes. Wow. That's so impressive. Yeah. That's really exciting. I have to definitely listen to that. And how long have you been a part of the buzz? I've been a part of the buzz since second semester freshman year. So this is my third semester. Awesome. Yep. Yay. Well, we're so happy to have you. And this week you wrote an article about your time in Paris mm -hmm. over the summer yep. and coming back to Boston and kind of navigating the food scene again. Yep. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about what it was like studying abroad in Paris. Yeah. So I studied abroad for six weeks last summer um, in Paris. It was the best experience of my life. It was I was there for a writing course. And it was definitely like a whim decision. I didn't know if I was going to go through with it. I was like, might as well just apply, see if I get in. And then when I did, it was kind of like, how do you not go? It Again, it was just the best decision. I met the best people that I'm still friends with today. It, like, People always say they regret not studying abroad in college. And I see why they say that because it, as cheesy as it sounds, it was just life changing. Right. Yeah. Right. I always wanted to study abroad and... At my previous university, one of the main reasons I was there was because of their study abroad program. Yeah. 
So it was always my dream, and I applied to multiple trips, and then COVID happened, Mm -hmm. and they got canceled, and then I transferred, and so I never ended up getting to study abroad, which was basically why I was so excited to go to college, was to study abroad. But I definitely think if you had the opportunity, 100% you have to take it, and you should definitely go. And you were talking about possibly studying abroad in London. Yes, I would. The fall? The the spring semester next year. That's my goal. Um, I think applications open soon, so hopefully I get in. Well, best of luck. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Your article is about food Mm -hmm. in Paris. Let's get into the food. Yeah, so I went to three different places around Boston, um, Clear Flower Bakery, Tate, and I have no idea how to pronounce this one, (laughs) but like creme French patisserie, just to kind of see what their French pastries and cuisines would be like compared to actual Paris because that's something I find myself missing the most is I'll be craving something that I ate constantly over there for those six weeks right and I haven't found well this was a very good um start and there's definitely other places that I want to try in the future but it was difficult not knowing kind of where to go but Clear Flower Bakery I did first and that's over in Brookline I don't know if you've been, but it... I haven't, but I live in Brookline, so oh, I should definitely check it out. Oh, you really should go. Yeah. It's super cute. It's small. They only let, like, three people in, and there was a little bit of a line when I went. Oh, I was very great. surprised. But there's, like... I live in a dorm, so I'm not going to be buying, like, baguettes and everything because there's no room. Right. But <laughs> if I had a kitchen, I would have bought so many things because it looked so incredible. Um, but I ended up getting a chocolate croissant, and it was really good. And nothing beats what you're going to find in Paris. Of course. Of course. Of course. Because um, over there, things Especially are Especially the like, croissants. Exactly. It's <laughs> lighter and fresher. But this was a really good one. Okay. Really well, was. that's good. Yeah. And then I also would get um, these things called, like, moulin au chocolat. And it's kind of like a lava cake, flourless chocolate cake um, that's, like, kind of bite size. It's, like, small. And they actually had one that looked just like it in there. And I got so excited because oh, I never – you, you get chocolate, like, lava cakes here, but it's not the same thing. It's not the same. <laughs> um, but they had it, and it was, wasn't the same, but it was really good, and yeah. I would get it again for sure. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I'll definitely have to try that out. Yeah, especially if you're in Brooklyn. And then I went to that creme French patisserie. And going into this one, I thought – I just had the expectation of getting pastries, really, because – French cuisine is a little different and when I walked in they had a ham and cheese sandwich which sounds so simple but I've never had sandwiches like that before in my life in Paris and it was life-changing and now every sandwich I have after is just not the same. This place had a very good sandwich that was similar. The bread's not going to be the same of course but just how they did it because it's with butter And they have, like, a thin pickle in it. And just how they – like, it was very French how they constructed it and stuff. And it was really good. So I had to get that. And it was delicious. And then I also got a croissant there as well. And it was a really good croissant. So I would say, like, kind of overall, they were probably top for me. Yeah, in Boston. Yeah, in the sense of I would definitely go back if I'm craving a sandwich, which is nice to know. That sounds great. There's, like, options and stuff. And now it's in Coolidge Corner too so it's oh, really close awesome. to be you yeah. yeah that's great and then the last one I went to was Tate, Tate. <laughs> which I have an addiction to Tate 
I always think Tati does a really good job of everything they do. Um, but their croissants compared to the other two places, I wouldn't say um, were as good. I definitely get other things when I go to Tate. I don't right. seek out the croissants. I actually get their chocolate croissant. Really? Yeah. I see. I think it's good. But it's not. It doesn't. It's just not the same to the others. Exactly. Right. right. Um. I also think they do a good almond croissant. Actually, I've, Ooh, I've had. I've never had that one yeah, before. Yeah. My friend gets it a lot, and I don't think I've ever actually purchased one myself. But I've tried hers actually recently, and I was really pleasantly surprised. Ooh, so I would definitely good. recommend that. Yeah. Um. I also have their gingerbread cake a lot. <gasps> so good so good good. it is so well done have you had their chocolate rose i haven't okay that's something like every single time i go i have to get the chicken pita and the chocolate rose oh the chicken pita is really good i've had everything on the menu i think so good (laughs) the chocolate rose though is really like it's it's something extraordinary like i i think it's the best thing wow okay that's next on my list to get for sure oh it's so good but so that's where, if I'm going to Tate, I'm getting the chocolate rose over the croissant. Of that's course. Where I eat. Right. Yeah. Right. But yeah. But overall, they were all very good. Just, it's not the same. Right. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Do you have any advice for other people who are maybe returning home from abroad, I guess, how to readjust to life mm-hmm. afterwards? It's definitely difficult, especially with my program. It was so short, so it was very jam-packed. You were constantly doing things, like, every day. So when I came home, then it was kind of like a lull. Um, I was actually fortunate. My mom came over, and we did a couple days in London after Paris. Oh, that's nice. It was the best. And so I kind of went into vacation mode almost after studying right, abroad, which right. was a nice transition. I think that helped me I a lot. I feel like that's good. Yeah. Right. And then when I got back, you just get back into your normal routine, at least that's how it was for me. But then a couple months later, it's when it hit. I feel like when I came back to BU, it was harder than when I just came back from Paris because then a couple weeks in, I'm like with my friends from Paris and stuff, and then you're kind of thinking, wait, you're never going to really go back to that place again and have that same routine you did every day. And then you go through and you look through your photos and then you get sad again, and that's just... Going through the photos is the worst. It's the worst. It's It's the the worst. worst. Um, But I would... When you get, I think just making sure you get back into a routine is probably the best piece of advice. And then as much as it sucks looking at photos, it's always the best too because you can reminisce. But yeah. That all sounds amazing. And I hope you got to study abroad in London. I really do. Because that'd be another great experience. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers (laughs) crossed. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Yeah. I had such a great time. Avery, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. So excited to have you on. I would love for you to tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Um, My name's Avery. I'm a sophomore studying film and TV right now. And yeah, just excited to be here. Love writing, especially love writing for the buzz. So I'm excited to talk about my article today. So yes, we are. And what is your article today, just so the listeners know? It is how to exist by yourself, specifically when you are a college student. And I love that topic. I'm so excited to get into that. Would you just tell us a little bit about your role at The Buzz? I'd love for you to expand on, you know, some of the things you're writing. Um, You are a part of our culture team. So yeah, just tell us what that's like and give us a little insight. 
Yeah, I started writing for The Buzz my first semester of my freshman year because I knew that I wanted to write for a student magazine and The Buzz just seemed like the place that I could like have the most creative freedom with that. Um, I specifically wanted to write for culture because I just love, I love pop culture. It is my thing. It is my niche. It is, I live for it. So <laughs> past articles that I've written, I really, because I am a film and TV major, I really like to focus on talking about Shows film and, and TV. Yeah. Um, I've done some listicles and uh, some other things surrounding television shows. I've also um, written about like diversity in both books and um, TV shows and movies because I think that's also something very, very important to me. Um, and yeah, this this uh, topic was something I just thought up of right before my pitch meeting and I find it very um, important and I feel like I haven't really heard anyone talking about it before so that's why I wanted to touch on it. I haven't heard anyone talk about it either and I was just telling Avery before we started recording that um, I actually live alone so I'm alone the majority of the time mm -hmm. so I've definitely had have had to learn to live by myself mm -hmm. which is a process uh, but I also wanted to say that I also wrote for culture and yeah. it's so fun because I feel like there's such a wide variety of things you can talk mm -hmm. about so definitely a culture fan here yes. yeah <laughs> I love that team I'm from Portland Oregon so the complete opposite side of the country and when I moved here for school I genuinely didn't know anyone obviously everyone kind of enters that way but I was felt like I was very isolated from every single person I had known for the first 18 years of my life so it was very much a fresh start and Everyone tells you before going into college, like, you have to really put yourself out there. You have to be super extroverted. And I am. I'm all those things. I love making friends. I love talking with people. But it can get really, really draining. And so coming back to my dorm and having my time for myself was so, so important. But then while talking with other people, for them, I feel like especially for them, their freshman years, it was super like, go, 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 go. Their social battery was always, like, at, always had to be at 100 because they were constantly interacting with people. Um, and I think a lot of people can get stuck in this sort of cycle of thinking that they have to be surrounded by people all the time in college because, you know, this is supposed to be the best four years of your life. You're supposed to live it up to the very highest, I guess. But um, I wanted to talk about how I think it's also important to take time for yourself and really appreciate being by yourself because, you know, when you leave college, it's not going to be the same situation of being surrounded by like thousands of people who are the, your same age and thousands of young people all the time. I also feel like there's so much pressure people put on college to mm -hmm. be quote unquote the best years of your life. Yeah. And I mean, that's definitely not true. Right. I like how you said the scary but relevant truths of growing up is learning how to be comfortable with yourself. Mm -hmm. And I saw that you mentioned some tips about kind of how to navigate that and mm -hmm. then how to learn to be by yourself so would you want to share a couple of the tips yeah. that you wrote about yeah I I kind of started by saying just keep it very simple like if you're used to doing something with someone else maybe one day when you're doing that activity like just do it by yourself I think I said like if you're going grocery shopping maybe try just going by yourself you know grabbing a coffee by yourself I when it was still sunny at the beginning of the year, my favorite thing to do on the weekends was um, like go up to Beacon Hill, grab a coffee, and then walk all the way back along the Esplanade. And it is just, it's the most rejuvenati rejuvenating, like healing process. Um, that sounds so nice. And it's really good. And it's like, it's, it, I know that it can be like scary to be stuck with like just you and your thoughts, but it's, I think it's like very healing for your for yourself to do that. This isn't really applicable to Boston University, but I like really learned how to like, like hang out with myself my senior year of high school because it was all online I didn't like go into class 
and I like every single day after I finished online school I would always go in my car and just like take the longest drive and I think like being in your car by yourself is like the best it's thing it's such a great feeling blasting your music if you have like windows down yeah exactly can, yeah. if you have like a coffee much any like a tea whatever just like just doing that is so it is so it's like the most easy form of free therapy like go to therapy if you need it but like also <laughs> if you can't like it is just so it's it's so rejuvenating so if you have a car and you can drive I think that would that's also a fun tip that I right. have too or even like you just said that walk sounds mm-hmm. so lovely yeah and I mean I think establishing those little moments for yourself mm-hmm. you know whatever they may be throughout the day um, I know for me the morning is a time that I always take for myself so yeah. like I'll wake up I'll make myself a coffee at home mm-hmm. I'll journal I'll like light a candle and listen to music whatever it may be but I think like establishing those little habits for yourself mm-hmm. are so important and yeah. like that's the time alone that you are able to kind of learn more about yourself yeah. and kind of just like be learn to be at peace with yourself mm-hmm. so I definitely think that's important yeah I like how you said that the only constant in your life is yourself yeah I I mean I lived in Warren last year Warren Towers which is the epitome of a freshman dorm you are surrounded by like thousands of other people at all times um and something that like struck me the most about college is my roommates and I talk about this all the time but you kind of always have to be on your a game because the second you walk out of your dorm doors like you will encounter other people um and you know that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that you could like constantly have to like look put together or something or but it's different than like the confinement of your like house at home when you're just with your family and stuff this is different because you're living among people who you didn't know like a year ago which is just it's a very interesting concept if you think about it (laughs) it's so strange (laughs) um but yeah I think it's also just really new for people who like for me I had an older brother so I I had siblings but we never shared a room so sharing a room with a complete stranger is so odd um and I think that's why it's hard for freshmen to like establish these boundaries because they're thrown kind of into the deep end right immediately and there's not one way that you're supposed to do college college can be quote-unquote done in any way that you feel most comfortable um but I think there's like this certain expectation that everything is supposed to go smoothly like you're supposed to like find your people and love your roommate and all of this stuff but it's not always like that and it's okay and in the end of the day like I said in the article you're really only going to like have yourself um and I, I didn't I didn't come up with that I think I like someone along the lines has like told me like you will only ever be by yourself <laughs> oh, I mean, and I was like hear that yeah idea. yeah and it's like it's such it's a really really good point you don't really think about it, it that is. way um and I've like always I've I've taken that with me forever because I'm like that's true like I really am the only person that I'm gonna like 100% be around all the time time. um so I guess to sum it up like freshmen are like thrown into the deep end of like living on their own and living by themselves but it's this weird in between of like you're not quite by yourself because you're constantly surrounded by people right but you're not like these people you don't really know yet um and it's like a different dynamic so yeah it's just it's just a really new and unique experience oh it definitely is and setting boundaries in college in general but especially freshman year is so difficult Mm -hmm. so I definitely like what you said in going outside especially to find time for yourself Mm -hmm. is definitely important yeah the concept of like self-care especially nowadays I think gets twisted a lot because I think there's this conception or this misconception that self-care is like putting on a face mask taking a bath and like you're supposed to be like cured of every single thing that might be 
troubling you at the time right. but self-care can come in so many different forms and I think people don't realize that self-care can also just come in the form of just like taking a walk and just like clearing your mind oh my yeah. gosh that's the best form yeah. obviously. Yeah. yeah yeah I definitely agree well thank you so much Avery for yeah. being on the podcast thank you for having me it was so great to talk to yeah, you yeah I loved it <laughs> love talking Editor's Pick is available on Spotify Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts and anywhere you listen to your podcasts Get buzzed every week with new episodes featuring members from our team.